Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to your week four edition of No Fall Weddings here on the Fans First Sports Network College Football Feed. My name is Matt Timonini, and I am joined, while she is still in the United States, by our chaos correspondent, Jamie Yurich. Jamie, how are you, and are you packed for your transatlantic flight? I have three items of clothing left to pack, and beyond that, I am ready to go. Two days ahead of time, which is so out of character for me. Yeah, that's nuts. I'm flying to New York in a couple weeks, and I had to take off Friday from work just so I could be prepared to fly on Sunday because there's a college football game in the middle. I didn't think that I would have enough time to do it on Saturday. So getting done that far in advance is a, a foreign concept to me that I'm hoping that I will be able to pick up by osmosis, cross country, co- cross continent osmosis from you through Zoom uh, as I get ready to travel. While you will not be in the United States to be able to watch college football this weekend, We're still here to talk about it because this is going to be an absolute barn burner of a weekend. There are five, six, seven, maybe more games that are absolutely electric, Jamie, when you look at them on the schedule. And that is what we talk about here on No Fall Weddings. Obviously, if someone in your life you know is getting married on a Saturday in the fall, you are not obligated to go. But if it happens to be this weekend, it is in fact your duty as a human as an American, as a football-loving citizen, to not attend any weddings because there is just so many games, Jamie, that are going to be happening this weekend. So what we do here on No Fall Weddings is we go through each of the Saturday windows of games and we point out games that you absolutely have to watch. Sometimes those are the biggest games between ranked opponents. Sometimes they're games a little bit below the radar. This week, I don't think we have to dig down too far, Jamie, because I think there's a lot of marquee matchups that we're going to dive into. Um, So let's start off with the noon window. In the early window, and I'll take any game that starts between 12 and before 3.30, let's start at noon on the Big Ten Network when number two Michigan hosts Rutgers. Not saying Rutgers is going to win, but they're actually having a pretty decent season. Then over on ABC, we have a game between number four Florida State and Clemson, which could eliminate Clemson from everything uh, of consequence this season since they've already lost a conference game to Duke. On Fox at noon, we have number 16, Oklahoma, who is starting to look like the Oklahoma of old, taking on new Big 12 team Cincinnati. Then at noon, we have Army versus Syracuse on the ACC network. On ESPN, we have Auburn and Texas A&M. On ESPNU, we have Western Kentucky and Troy. Kentucky and Vanderbilt also at noon on the SEC network. Virginia Tech and Marshall on ESPN2. SMU and TCU in a battle of the acronyms at noon on FS1. 
Then the final noon game is on CBS Sports Network between Tulsa and Northern Illinois. There's a few games on ESPN Plus that I'm not going to mention because they aren't super exciting games. So, Jamie, tell me who you are going with in the noon window. I'm going Florida State Clemson. And Mm -hmm, now I want to preface this with, I think there are two ways that this game could go. The first is that Florida State, on the heels of a hot mess game against Boston College last week, just comes out guns a-blazing and absolutely destroys Clemson. That is a possibility. The other option is that this is a great freaking football game because these are two teams Mm -hmm. that we have seen be great, and these are two teams that we have also seen be pretty bad this season. I mean, Clemson looked an absolute mess in their loss against Duke in week one. They've steamrolled the last two weeks. Florida State kind of did the reverse steamrolling in weeks one and two, but then they nearly lost to an unranked Boston College last week. And arguably, Matt, they should have lost. Mm -hmm. Boston College had a lot of really costly penalties, and that could have changed the outcome of this game. And so I think this is a chance for Clemson to get a little bit of redemption and prove that they're not a wash this season, but it's also a chance for Florida state to get their bearings and prove that last week was a fluke. Um, so both teams kind of have a reputation thing on the line. Clemson has earned more yards this season than Florida state, uh, averaging 489.3 yards with over 216 rush yards. Now I think that Jordan Travis is pretty indisputably the better quarterback, even with last week's kind of haphazard performance, but I do think that if Clemson can manage not to turn the ball over, we could have a really good football game on our hands. And so that is where I'm going to be watching in that early slot. Are you going to be watching? You're going to be, I don't know where, are you in London at that point? I'm in London. I'm not watching any football this That's weekend. What I was I'm say. protecting my peace as an Ohio State fan. I will wake up and I will check a score in the morning. It will be bliss. I will be seeing Bernadette Peters oh, old friends. near hours before this football game, and I am going to protect my peace. Good for you. Say hi to Bernie for me. Okay, you took the obvious, the biggest game there. I was tempted to go Michigan-Rutgers because, you know, at this point, Rutgers is coming into the game undefeated with wins over Northwestern, Temple, and Vatek. I could go there, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go with the Army Black Knights taking on the Syracuse Orange, not just because they both have colors in their name, but believe it or not, they're both having pretty decent seasons. Army comes into the game two and one. They lost their opener against UL Monroe, not a great loss, but then they went and beat the tar out of Delaware State and then beat a really game UTSA team 37 to 29 this past week on a Friday night in a game that I watched quite a bit of. Army has not played anybody, you know, of consequence and they lost the game already, but It's Army. They're a good Army team. And you know with the way that they play football that they have an opportunity to beat anybody just because of the Service Academy style of of running game. Then you go to Syracuse. Also not played much of anybody. They beat Colgate 65 to nothing to open the season. Then they beat Western Michigan, a team that has had better performances throughout the year, but they beat Western Michigan 48 to 7. And then this past weekend, they beat Purdue 35 to 20. I'm not necessarily saying that either of these teams are good, but I think it will actually be a fairly compelling matchup. The game between Army and UTSA that I had on in the background on Friday night was pretty entertaining. I don't think anyone is going to mistake either of these teams for national championship powerhouses, but they're fun 
And I think it could be a compelling matchup going in, going into this game. Again, Army's, you know, triple option style of football. Their starting quarterback, Bryson Daly, has a total of 39 attempted passes this season. He's only completed 20 of them, but they do have uh, a couple of running backs that have gone over 100 yards on the season, led by Bryson Daly. He has 228 yards on the season. Hayden Reed has 153. Over on the Syracuse side of the ball, though, Garrett Schrader, Pretty decent numbers as quarterback there. He's uh, completing about 62% of his passes for 787 yards through the air. Uh, they've also got two running backs that have gone over 200 yards on the season. So um, a pretty interesting matchup. I'm, you know, not going to put it up there with some of the games we've got coming up later in the game or later in the day. But if you're looking for something to turn on at noon and you don't want to watch Rutgers almost assuredly get beat up by Michigan and you've already got Florida State versus Clemson on your number one screen. I tune into the orange versus the black Knights. Yeah. And by the way, Matt, we've talked about this before on the show, just because like neither of these teams are ranked teams. That does not mean it's going to be a bad football game. What often what determines the quality of a football game as a viewer is whether the teams are evenly matched, right? Like you want some back and forth, you want a little bit of drama and these are two teams that are pretty evenly matched. There's some interesting things going on. So as a viewer, you might get the drama that you want in this game. Yeah, they do not have to be good teams for it to be a good game. That is definitely true. All right, let's move on to the second window of the day. It's going to start at 3.30 on ABC with Jamie's favorite team in the whole wide world, the number 19 Colorado Buffaloes playing on the road in Eugene, Oregon against number 10 Oregon should be an interesting one there, but also on Fox at the exact same time, number 22 UCLA will be taking on number 11 Utah on CBS, a third straight ranked on ranked matchup, number 15 Ole Miss versus number 13 Alabama. Then on CBS Sports Network, we have number 18 Duke versus UConn. Then on ESPN2, we have number 20 Miami versus Temple. On Big Ten Network, Illinois hosts Florida Atlantic. On NBC, Maryland versus Michigan State. My God, you couldn't pay me to watch that game. Also at 3.30 on the Big Ten Network, Louisiana Tech versus Nebraska. Boston College will play Louisville at 3.30 on the ACC network, BYU and Kansas on ESPN. Then we've got Texas Tech and West Virginia on the Big 12 network slash ESPN plus. Then we've got UTSA, who I mentioned lost to Army this past week, taking on number 23, Tennessee at 4 p.m. on the SEC network, Oklahoma State and Iowa State at four on FS1, Rice and South Florida at four on ESPNU. And then I'll throw this game in in this window, even though it's kind of encroaching on the primetime games, but Georgia Tech and Wake Forest at 6.30 on the CW. So a lot of games to to pick from there, Jamie. Which one are you going with as if I didn't already know? Yeah, I mean, Matt, I have been on the Colorado train since before the season started. I think everyone kind of expected Oregon to be ranked going into this game. And I think that many people did not expect Colorado to be ranked going into this game, um, except maybe me and Coach Prime. He seems to have seen this coming the whole time. This is a huge conference game for both of these teams. And, you know, I it breaks my heart. I I think Oregon is going to win this football game, to be clear. What? Um, but... Shador Sanders is having a great season. I think here, here's the what I think is the game changer. 
Travis Hunter, who plays on both sides of the ball for Colorado, is going to be out of the game with an injury. And so I think that, I mean, I do think that changes the game a little bit for the Buffaloes. And this is already their toughest test to date. And they had a pretty hard game last weekend that shouldn't have been as close as it was. Um, Now, granted, they pulled out a pretty spectacular win there, but I don't think that they can even let it get that close with Oregon because this team has a really productive offense and they are have a lot of skill threats. Bo Nix is also having a great season. You know, Shador Sanders is obviously like in Heisman conversations right now. He's already ha- he already has 1251 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, uh just one interception through the first 3. Um but Bo Nix ha- is good for 77% of his passes. He has eight touchdowns, no interceptions. And so, and they've got a good rush game. I think that this Oregon team is going to put up a challenge that this Colorado team hasn't quite faced yet. And granted, like, you know, Coach Prime really believes in these kids and maybe that, maybe that's enough for like, maybe the, the internal belief that they have in themselves is enough for them to pull out this win. But I think without Travis Hunter, that changes the game a little bit for me, but I think it's going to be a great football game. As you know, when you first told me you were on the Colorado hype train before the season started, I laughed at you. You have since, even though you're far too congenial and hospitable of a person to do so, you could have laughed at me. I don't see this being close. I think Oregon is just a step too high for Colorado to be able to uh, to match up with. But it'll be an entertaining game. I think it doesn't really matter whether or not Colorado is a team that can win a game. If they are in the game, it is going to be entertaining one way or the other. So uh, definitely one to keep an eye on. I'm going to go with another ranked on ranked matchup from the Pac-12, and I'm going to go with UCLA and Utah. UCLA comes into the game not really having played anybody whatsoever in the non-conference schedule. They've beaten Coastal Carolina, who a good G5 team, but probably not as good as it has been in recent years. San Diego State, again, decent G5 team. And then NC, uh, and then North Carolina Central. They're going to have to take a huge step up as they face Utah, who obviously opened the season with a win over Florida, yeah. also beaten Baylor in a game that was closer than a lot of people ex- expected. And then they played uh, Weber State and beat them last week. This is a game that is really going to show us how good, especially UCLA is. We kind of already know how good Utah is coming into the game because they played some Power 5 competition already. But UCLA which is not a surprise when you have a team coached by Chip Kelly, much more on the ground game side of things than you would normally expect from a lot of modern offenses. They have three guys who have already uh, eclipsed the 100 yards rushing mark. Two of them are above 200 yards and Carson Steele and TJ Harden. What's crazy about this is they have four different running backs who are averaging more than eight yards a carry and have 10 or more carries on the season. They've got a couple more, uh, including one guy who has uh, is averaging 19 yards per carry, but he's only had five rushes. But they have four guys who are averaging more than eight yards per carry and have carried the ball a, du- a double-digit number of times. So this is a, an offensive tack that is averaging 270 yards on the ground per game. That's actually more than they are averaging through the air at 257. But they haven't played anybody yet, Jamie. And, and Utah is a team that as we've seen throughout the years is phenomenal on defense. This is going to be one of those strength on strength matchups because while UCLA runs the ball incredibly well so far this season against better competition, the Utes are only giving up 65 yards 
on the ground per game. So I'm excited to see what happens with this one. I think a lot of Ohio State fans, we are both Ohio State alums, kind of have a, a soft spot for Utah after the Rose Bowl matchup they played a couple years ago. They're a good team, a solid program. Not sure that they're as good as they have been in recent years. But nonetheless, uh, I'll be interested to see how UCLA and Utah match up in what might be uh, their their final matchup for a very long time, if not ever. Yeah, I definitely have a soft spot for this Utah team, but I also have a soft spot for UCLA because they're right in my backyard and I'm not going to ever cheer for UC, though at one point I suffered a head injury and considered going to USC. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I have a soft spot for UCLA, but I also have a soft spot for this Utah team. I think this Utah team for me is kind of a sleeper in terms of, I think that most of us think they're not as good as they've been in recent years, but like maybe they'll come out this weekend and and show us some fire and they've got a, a pretty tough schedule. They have 14 Oregon state next week. Then they've got Cal, then they have USC and then they have Oregon. So there's a, you know, maybe over the ne- course of the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking differently about this Utah team who knows. Um, but I, that's certainly a game to keep your eye on this weekend. All right, let's move in to the prime time window, Jamie. And there are some bangers on this one. It starts at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Arkansas takes on number 12, LSU. Number 14, Oregon State heads up to Pullman to take on the number 21, Washington State Cougars on Fox. We've also got Arizona State and Stanford on the Pac-12 network. App State and Wyoming at 7 on the CBS Sports Network. UAB takes on number 1, Georgia. Who, who knows, they could lose this game after what we saw last week at 7.30 on ESPN2. Number three, Texas takes on Baylor in Waco at 7.30 on ABC. Then we have the game that I will be watching, but you will not be watching on NBC as number six, Ohio State, heads to Notre Dame to take on number nine, Fighting Irish. On CBS at 7.30 as well, number 24, Iowa, heads to Happy Valley to take on number 7, Penn State. On BTN, we have Akron and Indiana. Uh, On ESPNU, Memphis and Missouri. BTN again, Minnesota and Northwestern at 7.30. Mississippi State takes on South Carolina at 7.30 on the SEC Network. Then at 8 on the ACC Network, we have number 17, North Carolina traveling to Pittsburgh. On FS1, UCF and Kansas State. There's a few other games mixed in there on streaming services, whether that's ESPN Plus or the Big 12 slash uh, ESPN Plus streaming, and a, a couple others that don't actually have a network yet available. So there's a lot of a lot of options here, Jamie. Yeah. I know. I know you're not. Here's the thing. I know what she's picking because we talk about it ahead of time. You're picking a game that I did not expect you to pick, and it actually threw me for a loop because I had two potential ones thinking you were going to pick one of them and I was going to use my backup. You didn't pick either of them. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go first with the game that I thought you were going to pick. And that is the game of our shared alma mater. Number six, Ohio State going to South Bend to take on number nine, Notre Dame. This is a game that I think everybody is going to be paying attention to this weekend. It is a game between two of the bluest blooded college football programs in all of the country. But it's also a game between two teams that have national championship aspirations, but we're not exactly sure if they're an actually national championship caliber teams this season because they really haven't played anybody at all. On paper, Notre Dame has had the better schedule so far. They've already beaten Navy and NC State, but neither of those teams, I think, are all that good. Ohio State has beaten Indiana, but the rest of the of the games on both schedules have been kind of lackluster playing small G5 schools or FCS schools. 
Both of them have looked good at times, especially Ohio State this past weekend against Western Kentucky, although Notre Dame has looked pretty good throughout. So this game to me, Jamie, is going to come down to what happens on the lines. This has been a a concern for Ohio State on both sides of the ball, both the offensive line, which is almost completely rebuilt from last year after the Buckeyes had three players head off to the NFL, two of whom are already starting. And they've had a lack of production, at least in the counting stats from the defensive line. Haven't had a lot of, of, of sacks, not a lot of tackles for loss. Notre Dame's offensive line might be the best in the country. They also have a very solid defensive line. So whether the Buckeyes are actually able to prove that they are one of the teams that is in the conversation for a college football playoff spot and a potentially national championship will probably have to do what happens on that line. We know about Ohio State's firepower on offense, but the question will be, will Kyle McCord in the biggest start of his career in his life be able to get the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr., to Emeka Ibuka, to Julian Fleming, to Carnell Tate, to Trevion Henderson out of the backfield, to Cade Stover? It'll have to do with whether or not the offensive line is able to hold up and whether or not they were able to get him time. I'm not sure that they're going to be able to do that. I, I think I will probably end up picking Ohio State because of course I will. But this game will tell us a lot, Jamie, and that is probably why you are going to sleep through it, I assume. Yeah, because here's the thing. In addition to all the things you just said, Notre Dame is regaining three starters from injury this week. Um, And I think for me, really either team could win. Um, I do think this Notre Dame team is good enough to beat this Ohio State team. I also think this Ohio State team is good enough to beat this Notre Dame team. And it is going to come down to who can play the cleaner game, who can protect their quarterback, whose defensive line is doing more. Can they force turnovers? Like all of those pieces are going to be the things that determine this. This is not just a quarterback battle. It's not just a running game. Like this is, this really comes down to like who, who plays the cleaner game of football, in my opinion. And I am not mentally stable enough to stay up and watch this game because if Ohio State wins, yes, so exciting. If they lose, um, I hate Notre Dame and I will just be sad the rest of my trip. And so I'm just going to let it happen. I don't want to watch a close game. I think this will be a close game. I also think it is an excellent football game. If you have no skin in this game, this is the football game to watch this weekend because I think it is objectively going to be the best game of football that we see all of Saturday. But I am protecting my peace because if we win, I will be living blissfully anyway. And if we lose, I will not handle it well. Okay. I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. So that is not the game that you picked. So tell me which game you are actually going with in this window. Uh, I am going with Iowa Penn State. Woof. Which Matt said would be an absolutely terrible game. I stand by it. I think that Matt is wrong. Iowa, listen, Cade McNamara, Iowa's quarterback, not having a great season. Their offense is very much a work in progress. He is only throwing for 54% through three games, and the offense is totaling 302 yards per game on average. Like, not great. Meanwhile, Penn State is, you know, they didn't even play their best game against Illinois last week. They won 30-13. to They forced five turnovers. Drew Aller is averaging 259 yards in the air. 
per game. Um, they've got a really, really strong rushing attack and they're going home to Happy Valley, which we know is a notoriously difficult stadium to play in. And with that said, Iowa historically is one of those teams that even when they are mediocre, they will show up and ruin your season. They might lose every other game this season, but they are marching into Happy Valley with the intention of completely screwing Penn State over. And sometimes that kind of motivation is all it takes for a good football game. I do think that Iowa is going to have to lean very, very, very heavily on their tight ends, specifically on Eric All, if they are going to have any shot at winning this game or even making a football game. And, you know, realistically, Michigan and Ohio State, everyone is kind of considered on a separate plane from the rest of the conference. But I think Penn State has proven that they deserve to be in that conversation as well. And I think that they were kind of considered to be in that top three pretty handily from the get-go. But some people still are doubting what they're capable of. And I, I think they're good enough to be considered with the Michigans and the Ohio States of the world in this particular season. But I think that this is kind of the first chance to prove that they are in the Michigan, Ohio State caliber teams. Um, so, yeah, maybe they will come out and just absolutely drop kick Iowa. But I think Iowa is one of those teams that might not win another game this season and will show up ready to ruin someone's day. So, yeah, I I, I see where you're coming from. Kirk Ferentz has a tendency to just mess around and fuck things up for people. So uh, I, I could definitely see that happening. It wouldn't surprise me. I'm certainly not going to pick it. And the thing is, like, even if it's a close game, my contention of saying this was going to be a terrible game is that, like, just watching any Iowa game is awful. They're just not a fun brand of football to watch. So that's my thoughts on that. It's like, I just don't want to watch Iowa play. They're not fun. They're not entertaining. The only thing that you can really have an enjoyable time about watching them play is whether or not they're going to hit 25 points because we know Brian Ferentz's job and contract essentially depends on them averaging 25 points or not. They finally got there in the third game of the season and they racked up some extra bonus points getting to 41, but they're bad. It's just not fun. So I, I, it might be a compelling game to watch. I can't imagine it being good. I, no, I, I mean, being good. I think that's a very fair thing, right? They they play pretty sloppy football even when they win. Sometimes that works for them. I think that this Penn State team is probably a team that you can't play sloppy football against. I also just kind of wonder if Iowa is going to clean up their act a little bit for this game. Maybe not. Maybe it'll just be sloppy. We'll see. But I like the chaos of Iowa's style of football because you just never know what you're going to get. Iowa is the team. My favorite football play in the history of football is the San Diego Chargers game where Phillip Rivers just like kicked the football like it was a soccer ball. There were like 12 lateral passes and then it somehow wound up at Phillip Rivers' feet and he just like kicked it down the field, which is obviously not legal, but the play itself was absolutely hilarious. And if that were ever to happen at the collegiate level, it would be Iowa. Iowa would throw 12 lateral passes and then kick the football like a soccer ball. That is quite the visual. I, I would not disagree with you at all. The other game, because I said I had two. The other game that I went with 
is a game between two teams that you know I've been a big fan of throughout the entire year and two teams that I'm actually rooting for for one of them to win the Pac-12 conference title. And that is Washington State and Oregon State. They are the two teams that were essentially left for dead. They were treated like the runts of the litter, the redheaded stepchild, whatever you want to call them. Nobody wanted them. And they've got a bit of a chip on their shoulder. They've kind of banded together in a lot of ways, at least in terms of of legal action involving the teams that are leaving the Pac-12. But I just kind of think they're fun football teams, too. I don't know that they're good football teams, or I mean, I think they're good. I don't know that they're really good football teams, but they have quarterbacks that I really enjoy. Oregon State is is now run by former Clemson quarterback DJ Uyunglele, and Washington State is my new Heisman Dark Horse contender uh, Cameron Ward's team. These two guys are having really good seasons. DJU had not a great week this past week, but before that, he's he's looked fantastic. Cameron Ward is currently third in the country in terms of yards per game with 330 through the air. DJ Uyunglele is doing pretty well as well. He's got 630 yards in three games, so not nearly as good, but he's been pulled out quite a bit because Oregon State has beaten everybody. So I'm just kind of interested in these two teams facing off against each other. Like I said, I want the winner of this game probably to go on and win the Pac-12 just because I think it would be fun in the last year that the conference exists that one of the teams that nobody wanted anymore ends up winning. Uh, and I think they they play interesting brands of football. I think their quarterbacks are fun. They sling it around. They are high-octane offenses. So while, of course, I will be watching Ohio State and Notre Dame, I will be trying to keep an eye on Oregon State and Washington State just for the pure enjoyment of it all. I like that choice. I will be peacefully asleep. Yeah. I think other people should watch both of those games. Good. I appreciate you uh, chiming in there on that one then and giving them permission to not sleep through football games. All right. So we do have some after dark games. Not a ton of interesting ones, Jamie. We've got number five USC at Arizona State, which other than the fact that like playing a game in Tempe is gorgeous, uh, that's happening at 1030 on Fox. But otherwise, I can't imagine that's going to be a good one. Cal heads up to Seattle to take on number eight Washington on ESPN. Kent State takes on Fresno State at 1030 on the CBS Sports Network. And then this one I don't believe is actually on TV, but at midnight, Mexico State travels to Honolulu to play the Rainbow Warriors. There's really only one game that we can actually watch in this window, right, Jamie? Yeah, I mean, if you're watching, if if you've decided to stay up late to watch football, I think the answer is, and I think Matt agrees with me, Cal and Washington. I don't think this will be a barn burner game. I don't think it will necessarily be particularly close, but at the very least, you will probably get a great quarterback performance from Michael Penix Jr., who right Mm -hmm. now is my favorite to win the Heisman. So that's your worst case scenario is you'll get to see a great quarterback show. And at the end of the day, it still is a game where like Cal could show up and put some points on the board and make it interesting. I think that Washington is going to win it pretty handily, but you know, we, we had a lot of predictions last weekend that there would be a lot of boring football games. And then there were some not boring football games that should have easily (laughs) been blowouts. This is a game that I think people are going to go into thinking, yeah, this will be a blowout and maybe it won't be. It could be. I, I would want nothing more than a good late night game 
to tune into. Although I do want the future uh, Big Ten team to win that one. All right, Jamie, that is our entire slate for Saturday here in week four. You will not be here for week to discuss week five, but will you still send me your picks so that we can go through those and let people know the right games to choose next weekend? Yeah, I sure will. I sure will. Awesome. Well, safe travels, Jamie, and uh, safe college football watching for all of you out there, no matter what games that you pick. It should be a thrilling weekend. Make sure to hydrate. Get some some beef jerky or some dried fruit or something that you can keep there. They don't make a mess. You can sit on the couch all day and watch the games because I think this is going to be an absolutely historic weekend for college football fans around the country. If you want to follow the Fans First Sports Network on social media, you can follow us at Fans First SN. If you want to follow me, you can follow me pretty much anywhere at Matt. Same thing with, with Jamie at Jamie Urich. Thanks again for listening. And remember, what starts with a fall wedding ends with a spring divorce. <laughs>